Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday evening. It's preview time, and we are back to preview the FSU-Clemson game. Myself, TJ Pinger, and Richie Barnes joined along with Lawton Swan of, don't let me mess this up, the show that shakes the Southland on Clemson Sports. You can find that on iHeartRadio. Lawton, how are you doing this evening? Guys, I'm doing good. TJ, Richie, hope you guys are well. Doing well, doing well. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on to talk some football with us. I don't know that this matchup is uh, what we expected when we started this season. I don't know that it's what we expected three weeks ago, but here we are game day in uh, just under 48, you know, opening kickoff in just under 48 hours, and the guys will get after it. Uh, before we get into a Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, you can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Um, Lawton, we talked about it just before the show, but you've not been to Guthrie's, but you've been to some of the competitors, some of the rivals. You you toss the coleslaw too, right? Like that's that's a thing you do, or, or are you a coleslaw guy, or what's the situation here? Listen, I'm a I'm a big slaw guy. I'm gonna tell you, I like oh, it. Oh man, I'm, all right, man. We appreciate you for coming yes. on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big slaw guy, man. I got a buddy. I got a buddy. He gets the uh, the mandolin out and hits the slaw with the vinegar. I'm all about it. So yeah, I'm That's good. Awesome. We uh, I'm a big fan of like coleslaw on like a barbecue sandwich, hot dogs, and a chicken tender place. Like I just want the extra fries. Usually, what I'm trying to soak up when I'm at those chicken tender places at like one two in the morning, like the coleslaw won't help with. So. That's that's the that's the move is to go the double fries that round. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll jump into the game and we'll try and get going here. Um, kind of like we said, this uh, this game is certainly not where we expected it to be. But before we even jump into this year, um, does the does the week? I, I listened to another FSU podcast this week. Does the week seem a little bit calm uh, compared to last year with? everything going back and forth with all the COVID stuff, any, any thoughts around that or nobody's kind of brought that up or just try and move on. Or maybe if Clemson was having a better year, it would, but like just thoughts around that whole situation and where we are this year. It's funny because like last year it was one positive case. And and I've been a a big critic uh, of coach Norvell with the decision not to play that game because either you trust the test or you don't. Uh, And I figured if everybody was clear, except for one guy, you should have played the ball game. But, I will say this year Clemson's had some COVID-19 issues this week, in fact. And so, you know, I'm kind of surprised they're going to play this game. No, but in all honesty, (laughs) I think think that there is probably a little animosity. I know both coaches sort of blew it off as it's not a big deal. But, man, the penny that it costs to go and travel and go, you know, pack up and take the whole team and the tractor-trailer truck and all of that, I mean, it's, it's not cheap. So I'm sure there's still a little animosity from the Clemson side somewhere. But the thing is, this game does feel a lot differently, and, and that's kind of what you're alluding to is, you know, the beginning of the year, I think most people would have thought, oh, well, maybe Florida State finds a way to push Clemson a little bit, but the Tigers will still survive. I'll tell you what, if Florida State scores 21 points, the Tiger faithful will be shaking in their boots because they're struggling to score this year. It's been just a, a weird, weird thing to kind of watch. Yeah, well, and I want to talk about that a little bit because it's, you know, Clemson preseason uh, – 
everyone just kind of had them penciled in in the playoff, including myself and DJ. You know, we we did our season preview with our you know schedule wins and losses. We spent no time on the Clemson game. We said, all right, that's a loss. Let's move on. Like it, it's not even worth discussing. Um, but there's been some struggles. It is what do you think is are the cause? The defense is elite again, but that offense, you know. DJ's uh, struggling a little bit. Is it just because he doesn't have a ETN? It, like, what's going on with Clemson's offense right now? Either you guys got an old car out into the garage somewhere, you know, in the driveway. Like, Do I not. got an old 1994 Mitsubishi 3000 GT that I've had since I was a senior in high school. Let me tell you what. It's the brakes. It's the tires. It's the engine. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. The interior is kind of bad. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So, you could go and, and fix up one part of it. Like, I could go put new tires on it tomorrow, but that's still not going to fix all the problems. So Clemson's just got a little, uh, you know, a couple of issues here and there, but it's so sporadic that it's hard to put your finger on. You know, DJ might hit a guy right in the hands. He doesn't catch the football. Then other times DJ throws the ball a little bit behind the guy that's wide open. So it, it's just sort of been this weird dynamic for Clemson. And I, I've kind of laughed it off at this point because I, I think if 10 years ago when Clemson's kind of started this run with Dabo Sweeney, if you'd have said to Tiger Faithful, hey, look, you guys are going to win 120 games. You're going to lose 20 or whatever the number is. You're going to play in six college football playoffs. You're going to win two national championships. you got to have a crummy 2021. Everybody would sign on the dotted line like the Nature Boy. Absolutely. Sign on the dotted line. Uh, the problem is once it starts to happen, you're like, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean this year. And so that's kind of been it. I mean, I, I think DJ is the biggest part of the issue. And people will say, yeah, but the offensive line, and they certainly gave up seven sacks against Georgia in the opener. And that may be where DJ sort of lost some of uh, his confidence this year because he's still a very young quarterback. I think people forget that. You know, he had two dynamic games against Boston College and Notre Dame a year ago. And everybody's like, oh, here it is. Clemson's just going to plug and play a new guy in. The problem with that is, is that these coaches – get film study on you. They find out your tendencies. They learn the things you yeah. like to do. They learn the things you don't like to do. And every team in the country is good enough to scheme it up. And I don't think Clemson's adjusted all that well to it. They've dealt with a rash of injuries and other things that you can't really change. I mean, that happens to everybody. But just from the standpoint of DJ, I point to Trevor Lawrence at Jacksonville. He didn't have a great offensive line in front of him in Jacksonville. But he still looks confident and poised in the pocket. He's still playing well at the next level. I think that's what people expect from from DJ Uyunglele. You just haven't gotten it this year up in Tigertown. Um, we were talking about this off air before we got started. Um, me and Richie and our producer Harlan. How close do you think, um, just from an overall very macro level, how close do you think Clemson is to putting it together? Because it does feel like they're, you know, to quote a, an old FSU coach, inches away, but they're inches away in like a bunch of areas. Like, you know, watching that pit game last week, DJ throws a nice pass and hits a guy wide open going down the down the seam. And really the score should have been 14 nothing. If it is, I don't know that Clemson wins, but you know, they would lose by one score, right? If everything plays out the same, which probably doesn't play out the same. So um are they closer in certain areas than other areas? And and how close are they to overall just putting it together and, and kind of figuring this thing out? I think with how good the defense is, you might be right. I mean, if Will Shipley catches that football and Clemson goes up 14 nothing, now all of a sudden Pitt's got to play a little different game, right? And I'm not saying that that wouldn't have favored Kenny Pickett, but it probably would have eliminated a little bit of their run game. The Tigers may still turn the ball over in the second half on that pick six, but Who's to say what the playbook looks like for Clemson if they're up 14 to nothing instead of down 14 to seven at the break? So 
you've got, you know, that kind of side of the coin to deal with it or, or to at least consider. Um, you know, I think that right now, if you look back to Clemson coming out of the, the spring, right, they had Ches Malusi and Lynn J. Dixon, who would have probably probably would have been one, two in, in terms of the starting running backs. Malusi leaves, goes to Wisconsin, and then it doesn't take long in this season before Lynn J. Dixon decided to hit the transfer portal as well. Mikey Dukes goes into the transfer portal. Uh, you, you have Will Shipley, the former five-star running back out of the state of North Carolina, who's had great comparisons. I mean, people want to compare him, you know, to a guy like Christian McCaffrey at running back, but, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a freshman trying to get through the, the grind of the, co- the collegiate year. He gets injured at NC State. Now he's finally getting back. And so it's just been weird, right? Like they, they can't quite get it together. Uh, I, I think if you compared it to, uh, again, like a business, right, you want everything running like a sewing machine. You just want it to be uh, squeaky clean. You just want it to keep going. Don't have to do much, maybe a little oil here or, here or there. That hadn't been the case. And it, it really has been all over the field, the, Whiteouts have let him down in the downfield blocking game. Uh, certainly Joe Ngata getting him back this week should be a big deal uh, for Clemson. And Frank Ladson's been banged up. So, I mean, they just have a lot going on on the offensive side of the ball. The good news is the defense has been uh, solid, as you can expect, under Brent Venables, and that's continued this season. And I would imagine uh, that in this ballgame against Florida State, that's probably probably what it comes down to. You know, how good does Clemson play? And can they contain the Seminoles on the ground? Because they, they've been running the ball really well the past three or four weekends. Yeah, and Lawton, you kind of hit on it. I wanted to talk about the health of both teams coming into this game because for Florida State, you know, on our end, we're probably the healthiest we've been since we took the field against Notre Dame. Clemson's not been In so 2014. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right? And Clemson this year, unfortunately, they've not been so lucky, obviously, um you know, Kobe Pace is out and, you know, Shipley's still, in my opinion, the best weapon on, on Clemson's offense. But Pace had kind of been picking up the slack when Shipley had been out. Is the, is the health a major concern and how big of an issue is it on both sides of the ball? Because, again, Florida State, rare we can say this, as TJ just alluded to, we're, we're surprised we're this healthy heading into, you know, the almost the uh, first week of November. Yeah, uh, you know, on offense, you brought up Kobe Pace. Fortunately for Clemson, it's a COVID deal, so sure. uh, he should be coming back. But, you know, they what they ended up having to do is pull the redshirt off of Phil Moffa, uh, another freshman running back out of the state of Georgia, who uh, has looked really good in the op- you know when he's had those opportunities. But with all that that you've had, the injuries, the transfers, et cetera, the third-string guy is Darian Renter, a sixth-year senior who really is more of a spokesman for the program. He was kind of uh, the 1B uh, to Trevor Lawrence last year in the We Want to Play movement. He was kind of the right-hand man beside Trevor the whole time. Those two guys are good buddies. One of them, the number one pick in the NFL draft. The other guy will probably get done with his career this year and then go off into the business world, uh, maybe even, who knows, maybe even work uh, and do something for Trevor Lawrence for all I know. But, yeah, I, I think the injuries have to be at the forefront for any Clemson person that's talking about this team right now. Brian Brzee, who's just been a monster for this team in the middle, he's out the entire year with a uh, ACL injury, a knee injury that he had in that NC State game. And, you know, he was a big catalyst for Clemson. I, I think over the long haul, though, uh, these injuries might actually help Clemson because some of the guys that are getting playing time now are getting what you would label as meaningful snaps. Now, had Clemson been the team everybody expected, some of those guys may have actually gotten more snaps this year. You just – you honestly don't know what the, the snap count would have looked like. 
but I don't know that they would have been meaningful. You know, how meaningful is a snap when you're up 45 to 10, 45, 17? Uh, these guys are having to play now in games where – and Clemson's played some games that look like 19-21. I mean, it's been 14 to 8, 17, 13. I mean, they've been – the scores have been ridiculous this year for Clemson. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think injuries certainly have to be a, a part of that. Fortunately, special teams has been really good for the Tigers. And in all honesty, they've been right there in every single game. I mean, they, they've had their chances. It's just been uh, a string of poor situations on third downs at Clemson. Uh, you know, just can't convert. And uh, I, I think it did, though, show at that final drive against Pitt where they went seven minutes and 56 seconds and ran out the clock against Clemson. Uh, that was when I was kind of – I finally for the first time thought, man, the snaps this defense has had to take this year might be wearing on them. Yeah, and, and only eight Power 5 teams are averaging more snaps per game faced than Clemson right now, and that offense could, could be a large reason of that. Um, one last on the injury front, Tyler Davis, a guy Florida State fans are very familiar with because we thought he was uh, going to commit to us for about eight months before he committed to Clemson. Uh, he comes back from injury much earlier than expected by about two, three weeks uh, very impressive. Uh, what's his? Uh, what percentage is he at this weekend? Because I, I really think the the key to this game for me is Florida State's offensive line versus Clemson's defensive line. Yeah, you know he had a a, a, a I almost said a pectoral injury. I'm not a, I'm not the muscle guy. A bicep injury. <laughs> and uh, with that, you know, being said, he had on a big kind of contraption. I don't know what you call it. Look like the Terminator out there this past Saturday with that thing on. But, you know, he's a kid that wants to play kind of a wrecking ball, uh, a, a bowling ball type guy, like a Grady Jarrett for uh, Atlanta Falcons fans, who's a former Clemson Tiger football player. Just a guy that gets after it. has got uh, great pad level and power uh, in his legs. But I think that most importantly, uh, he's got a guy, he's got a big heart. You know, he played the final couple of snaps against Georgia Tech with that bicep tear. And it was just like, eh, he just went about his business. So, yeah, he, I, you know, I don't know if any guy on this team or anywhere in the country right now is at 100%. I don't even know if he's at 75 80%, but I tell you this, man, he's going to pour it out there. You're going to have to, you know, he's going to have to really be hurt to come off of the field. And and I know, like you said, Florida State fans know a lot about Tyler Davis, and, and he certainly uh, can get after it. But, you know, you, you just hate to see that for a guy who really kind of goes about his business nonchalant, doesn't, you know, he's not braggadocious, doesn't show off or anything and and anytime those guys come back you feel good for them so it was nice to see him out there a little bit early you know to give you a percentage i would think 75 80 but i i can't say for sure still pretty good for uh his talent level <laughs> oh it's true look and and the thing about him too you know i mentioned his determination and everything there's a leadership that, that comes down to being that guy that's kind of the anchor on that defensive front that clemson gets back with him there because you know, when I said earlier about some of those young guys, Trey Williams and others who have had to plug in, Rook Oro, row your boat gently down the stream. Yes, if you don't know uh, <laughs> Rook Oro, that's a great name. But uh, just thinking about, you know, what he brings to that group, I, I think is also important because there's a, a level of leadership he's got from his experience just being on that defensive front for Clemson. What is the uh, – what is the f- – what is the fan base's mood uh, right now as it pertains specifically to this game? Um, you know, Clemson has struggled with um, Syracuse and Georgia Tech and teams that 
I don't know, just bottom feeders in the ACC, right? Don't have ours or your pedigree. Uh, yeah, but teams, they, is, teams they scored 73 points on the yeah. year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, they so, did it in 17 minutes, so they really had to take their time to make that happen. So <laughs> the is the mood like, oh, God, no, Florida State looks good right now, respectively, you know, based on how they started, or is it, well, our guys will get up for FSU. Yeah, we sucked against Syracuse, and we sucked against Georgia Tech or all these other teams, but, like, this is the week where we'll figure it out. Like, certainly we we won't play that poorly again, right? Or which side of the coin is our fans on right now? I think they're on the they love the fact that it's Florida State. I mean, because this was a team that came into the Atlantic Coast Conference under Bobby Bowden and just obliterated all the competition. And they came in and they took Clemson's crown as the king of the ACC. They passed them in ACC championships. I mean, they, they did everything that you would not want a new team coming into your league to do, and they did it. They just looked at you. Matter of fact, I think it was the second year in the conference, 93 Clemson went down to Tallahassee and got squashed 57 to nothing. People haven't forgotten about that. I mean, those are things people hold on to uh, in Clemson. I was at the punt Ruski game when I was a kid. I mean, just an incredible, incredible moment. And, you know, even though I was on the – as a fan then on the losing side of that, uh, that's a, a moment in the college football, you know, history that we'll just be talking about for eons. I mean, people, when they talk about the greatest plays in the history of that football, uh, in the history of football, I mean, Gene Deckerhoff, 21-21. Here's the short handoff and the little handoff to the up back. Leroy Butler's got a long way to go to the 30. Leroy Butler, the 40, the 50. Leroy Butler, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Leroy Butler knocked out of bounds at the four-yard lines. What a play by the Seminoles, some razzle-dazzle. Like that, guys? And I'm on the losing end of that is one of the most iconic moments in the sport. So Clemson fans recognize that when Florida State rolls in, that you've got the other team in this league who who is a preeminent, wants to be at the top of college football. They want to get back to 2013 where they were hoisting a national championship. They want to get back to 2014 where they were in the college football playoff. They want to get back to 93 and 99 and all of the championship seasons that they had under Bobby Bowden. And in a kind of neat twist, you know, Clemson is honoring Bobby Bowden this week. He's gonna, they're going to have uh, his logo and stuff painted, I believe, on the field like Florida State has. And there's a huge nice. connection between these two programs because Bobby's son, Tommy, got the job at Clemson and then ultimately in 2003 brought Dabo Sweeney in. He had been Dabo Sweeney's uh, wideout coach at Alabama. He brought Dabo Sweeney in to coach wide receivers when Sweeney was out of the coaching game. He was actually selling commercial real estate. Sweeney comes in just five years later when they're meeting with Tommy Bowden midseason. Terry Don Phillips sits him down and says, hey, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and get rid of you kind of at the end of the year like they were doing with like LSU did with Ed Orgeron. And, and Tommy said, no, that, that's not going to work. Let's just do it now so that somebody else can have a shot. And he said, I, I think Dabo's the guy. And boom, Dabo gets the job. And the rest really is, is history. Clemson's been on this incredible run that we've kind of talked about. But the catalyst to that was Tommy Bowden's decision. And I asked Coach Bowden, he comes on my show every week, Tommy Bowden, obviously, uh, with uh, Bobby Bowden passing away. And uh, Bobby's been on the show, too, in the past. And what a gem he is. I can tell you a million good stories about him. But um, Tommy was uh, talking to me about, you, you know, that whole situation with the the changeover. And, you know, to, to recognize the qualities that he saw in his father in Dabo Sweeney. You know, Christian man, a good family man. He also said that he noticed that Kathleen Sweeney 
reminded him a lot of, of his mom, uh, Ann Bowden. And so for, you know, those Clemson Tiger fans who maybe have this animosity towards Florida State should also have sort of a respect because the way Bobby Bowden went about his business and the way he built that dominant program at Florida State from, what, 87 to 2001, the, just the incredible run that they had, uh, that's kind of what Clemson's been modeled after. And they just needed the right guy. Tommy got him, you know, Tommy Tommy sort of set the the foundation. But then when he started, you know, once he found Dabo Sweeney and, and recommended him to be the head coach was when Clemson really started building the machine that they kind of be, have become. Yeah, and it's uh, almost like, you know, John Gruden coming in after Tony Dungy for the Bucks and, you know, getting him over the hump for that Super Bowl. Obviously, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave those character conversations aside because we know who, who's a good man <laughs> not there. Yeah. Um, but but going back to the crowd, I did want to ask. I remember I went to the game in 2013, um, and I've been to Death Valley Ooh. many times, and I love Ooh. Clemson fans are great, man. Like I, I parked my car, and we're just trying to walk to the bars, and every single tailgate, someone's stopping at me in Florida State gear, offering me either a beer or some food or something. Clemson fans. Are I'm sure that was prior hospital. to that game. I'm sure that was prior to the game. Yeah, well, no, I, 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 I was, so that probably was a little different after. Yeah, well, I was at three straight, 2009, 2011, 2013, and they were great every single time. And but going back to the crowd, that 2013 game, I remember I paid almost $300 for one ticket in the lower bowl in the FSU section on StubHub right now. We can get in this game for $13. But Let's what, go. What, what kind of crowd are you expecting this week, it, it, especially being 3.30 as opposed to prime time? Did you still think, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit in your previous answer. Are, are they still going to, the ones that do show up, I, I think it'll still be at least 90, 95% full. What's the crowd going to be like, though? It, it is. It won't be like when Lamar came to Clemson, you know, for back in 2016, uh, I think it was. No, um, I think there'll still be a good turnout. I mean, the, the biggest problem that you've got right now with Clemson fans, in my opinion, is just sort of this. Uh, it, it's almost, man, let me see if I can give you a good comparison because it's tough. Uh, I think most of my listeners to the show are just sort of uh, the phases of grief, right? Like, I don't know what they are. I, I think we've all been through them. I think some Clemson fans finally hit like acceptance a week ago that this was not going to work out. And, you know, I actually was on a, another radio show today and the guy said, I can't believe you picked Pitt to beat Clemson last weekend. I said, I, have you watched this Clemson offense? Uh, now I, I am, I'll go ahead and spoil it here. I am going to pick Clemson to beat Florida state uh, this Saturday. I know the, your listeners and, and viewers won't appreciate that, but I got to go with what I think. And when you look at like ESPN's matchup projector, I mean, Clemson's still, heavily favored. I, I think, you know, Florida State's probably another recruiting cycle or, or two from um, making me feel like really nervous about their program. Uh, I, I know they've had some really good players in there. The Willie Taggart situation, I think, still sort of setting them back a little bit. Um, but skill position guys, running backs look really good to me when I see them on tape. And I'll say this, too. I, I think that uh, if if Clemson – plays up to their level of play, this game could be, you know, could be a blowout. I think Clemson's still good enough to do that. The problem is they haven't played up to that standard. And if you get 2021 Clemson, uh, Florida State's got a chance to win this ball game. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar on that one. So uh, to me, and, and that's kind of the way it goes in every game. I didn't feel good about the pit game last week because of the way Kenny Pickett had been playing. 
I just felt like he's he's kind of dialed in, right? He's like a shooter. I mean, if Steph Curry's hot, it's tough to slow him down. And Kenny Pickett's playing really good football this season. I just didn't see Clemson going on the road and coming away with a victory in that environment. Uh, this is a game back at home against a team that, like you guys say, Clemson shouldn't look past. And I think Clemson has a chance to maybe play their best game in this one. Uh, the problem is, I think there have been several games people, people have said that this year, and it just hasn't panned out. I will pick Clemson to win. It won't be by much, but I think they are capable of, uh, if they get it together, of you know not emulating what they did a few years ago down in Tallahassee, where they just beat the brakes off of that Florida State team. That, yeah, they look like they look like they'd rather been uh, they'd rather been anywhere, man, than be in that stadium that day. But I think that if you know if Clemson plays up to their their level of play, the expectation people had for this year. I mean, yeah, they could win this game pretty handily where it's not a, a tight one, but I'm picking a tight one because they haven't played up to that standard yet. Yeah, but I you, you that, forget that, that we had a professor get a nice tan at that game, you know, shirtless reading a book. So, my man, yeah, it was worth it. I just – don't you want to be a meme one day? Don't you want to be no, a meme? I don't know. I've been a meme. What I want is when Richie tells me go ahead in the private chat, I want him to stop um, cutting in because that's the, the second or third time. And he keeps making me go, uh, and then I forget what I was going to say. Uh, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, both teams – I think if both teams played their absolute best, Clemson's a lot better than FSU just from a talent perspective. You know, and I think the FSU hope is that Clemson continues to struggle, not play super well. Florida State continues to trend up like they have the last three or four weeks, and that's kind of how you spoil it and make it an upset, right? So um, what uh, what about Florida State's offense, though? We talked about this as you were coming on just before – um, we started the show. Florida State's offense is very run heavy. Um, are they going to be able to? I mean, and they've had a lot of success running the ball, and they're very good running the ball. But where Clemson's kind of struggled, struggled at times. I mean, they obviously didn't look great against Pickett because he could throw really well. That opened up some of their run. Talk to us. Can Florida State run the ball in this game, or is is that kind of why you like the matchup? And if they can't run the ball. I don't know that they're going to have success passing it either. So thoughts just around Florida State's attack. Well, it, it's twofold, I think. Running the ball, you would believe, at this point, might play into Clemson's favor. Um, but the problem with that is it shortens the game. And based on the way Clemson's handled uh, – man, they've had so many three and outs this year. Third down conversions, it, I don't have the stat right in front of me, but it, it's not great. So based on that – what ends up happening is if you're playing a team that's rushing the ball well or capable of rushing the ball, like say when Clemson played Georgia Tech, you had a low possession ball game. It ended up being 14 to 8. And so that to me is the one kind of caveat to Florida State's ability to run the ball that makes me really nervous. Like if, if they're able to just move the chains, have some long possessions, maybe you don't even have to produce points but an, enough times that you can limit Clemson's ability to catch rhythm. You know, I, I, I wonder, I, I really wish, I mean, this is where I really wish that like you could have a, a, a DeLorean and a flux capacitor and 88 miles an hour. Cause I'd love to see Will Shipley catch that ball at Pitt and see if there's an energy and a spark and a confidence that Clemson's lacked all season. I mean, they haven't pieced together outside of maybe a drive or two this entire year where I went, oh, yeah, that looked like what I was accustomed to seeing. So if Florida State's able to rush the ball and they're doing it really well right now and not turn it over, that's the other thing. 
they've really cleaned up their turnovers. I mean, they were turning the ball over uh, fairly frequently in the first four games of the season, somewhere in that range, you know. Uh, and if you can protect the football, manage the clock, and keep this thing close, then all you got to do is spring one or two of those runs. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to have some grandiose performance by a guy. You just need a guy to hit for a 75-yarder at one point in the game and then, you know, tack on a couple of field goals here or there, and maybe you get Clemson's back against the wall in like a 17-10 score. And then you just got to stand up and hope that if your defense may be lacking uh, some of the tradition – and by the way, you guys have done a pretty good job in the transfer portal, which Clemson has not touched at all. Um, if you can kind of limit, you know, Clemson's ability – to put points on the board, man, late in the game, you got a shot to win it. You got a shot. You just throw your defense out there and say, boys, this team is not playing great. Let's get after them. I think the most important six inches on Saturday are the six between DJ Uwe Ungalale's ears. Dude, he's got to get right in the head. If he gets right, I think Clemson is going to be a pretty good football team again. But until that happens, uh, you know, it, it may very well be anybody's ball game on Saturday. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. My two biggest keys to the game for FSU to win are to limit turnovers. You can't give a struggling offense short fields. You also can't take points off of the board. Obviously, you can have turnovers that, uh, you know, like an arm punt down to the other 20, things like that. Like, who who cares? But you certainly can't have any turnovers on your side of the field. You can't have any turnovers when you're in the red zone or about to score. And then to limit the big play. Like you said, if Shipley catches that and they go up 14 nothing on a wide open ball pass game. down the seam. I, well, I don't know if it's the ball. It would be the ball game against us, but I, you know, but they compete in that game. And so, you know, and that's what I told these guys. If, if DJ can nickel and dive us down the field all day and be consistent and not have turnovers and they're just better between the 20, then, then they're going to win. And that's really okay. But can't give up the big play, make them, make them be, you know, be, keep them in front of you and and don't turn the ball over. And I think well, Florida State will stay in the game if those two things happen. Well, and, and remember this. I mean, and, and this is the one thing that I think Clemson fans have been able to hold on to. I mean, they're they're a pick six away from being tied with Georgia, who I think we'd all agree has looked like the best team in the country all year. Now, that mm-hmm. was the opener, uh, but that would have been a, a tie ball game had that play not happened. And you go back – I went back and watched that play earlier this week. And, I mean, if if Justin Ross finishes his route, that pass is probably incomplete. And Clemson's at like the 24-yard line, somewhere in their 26-yard line. I mean, they're driving in to take the lead in that game. Conversely, this past Saturday, another pick six on that shovel pass, or else that's a three-point game late. And there's really a lot more pressure on Pitt in that moment. So, as tough as it's been this year for Clemson Tiger fans, I, I think, and, and certainly the coaching staff and players, guy, you can't imagine what they're putting in. I mean, those two turnovers that scored points is what this defense has yet to do. So that's the other thing, right? Like Florida State could certainly benefit from generating points defensively in this game if they could find a pick six, a fumble, you know, a scoop and score. But they've got to also avoid that because I, I think that's also the thing that Clemson's defense has yet to do that if they would have done in any of these tight games, whether it's NC State where they went to overtime and lost, whether it's Pitt where they were close late, uh, whether it was the Georgia game, that they probably win those games, right? Like Clemson's defense, we can talk about the numbers and how good they've been. They haven't produced any points for this offense yet of substance. And uh, that's what good football teams do. It's complimentary, and they also score on the defensive side of the ball. And Clemson's 0-2 in games where – 
uh, the opponent uh, had a pick six this year. And it probably speaks to, you know, just how the margin of error they have offensively is so small right now because they're not putting up a ton of points. And a mistake like that just kills them. So um, we'll do this and then we'll get into some over-unders and we'll let you get out of here. Um, Halloween in just a couple of days. There's a meme going around. I don't know if it's real or not, but with ACC football coaches' favorite candies, uh, the two coaches in this matchup, Dabo Sweeney, it's got as payday, Mike Norvell, black licorice, which all the guys oh, in our Mike. chat are giving us guy. a hard time. I actually like black licorice. Let me just cave for that. Because you're a, a psychopath. Like, my uh, When I was little, my granddad used to give me like all the old man candies. And so like, I grew, I mean, like as a two-year-old, I mean, it's just sugar then. So I like black licorice. Like I've been eating it my whole life. So uh, Lot and Richie, what are your, that's not my favorite. I'll get to my favorite, but uh, favorite candies, one chocolate, one like non-chocolate. So like Sour Patch Kids or Airheads or Candy Corn or something like that. Oh, I like this. I like this, dude. Mr. Good Bar. Okay. Mr. Good Bar, no doubt. And uh, I like a little, uh, I, I like Red Hots or Cinnamon Imperials, really. Mm. The cinnamon Imperials are the smaller kind of cinnamony. Uh, candy is that good? Did I do okay? That works. That works, Richie. Yeah. So I, my favorite is what I will be handing out on Sunday evening, and that is full uh, Reese's cups. So you know the full two pack, full size. Boy, we don't. Must we don't be nice to have money, Richie. We, we, we don't must be nice to be rich, bro. So, so mo- most of the people in my neighborhood are retired. We don't get a whole lot of trick or treaters. I typically buy like twenty of them, and I have ten left over that I put in the freezer, and I enjoy by myself. Uh, not just it, a hat rack, Richie. Yeah, not just a hat rack. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the, for the sweets, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of like a Sour Patch Kids kind of guy. You know, I, I love Sour Patch Kids, and and I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. I, like I never eat candy. Um, I had a major sweet tooth as a kid, but not no longer. I try and take my health a little more seriously. I, I drink way too much alcohol to be drinking or eating a bunch of sugar as well. Um, but yeah, you know, Reese's Cups, I think, are the undefeated, undisputed champion of Halloween, and nobody can convince me otherwise. Ben said that on the Bourbon Podcast this week. Also, I think that meme is fake. I don't I don't think that's real by any means, <laughs> um, but it's still kind of funny to talk about. So before y'all go kill... Uh, can I ask you guys if there's a... Uh, is this fair or foul? Like when my kids come home and we go through their candy, I know all the parents talk about eating their kids' candy. I go through it and then I find all the like cheap candies that people handed out. Then we put those in the bucket, and then I give those back out to like the kids that are too old to be trick or treating. <laughs> I love amazing. I love you no. Know, so so one of my best friend lives down in uh, West Palm Beach, and F one uh, has a race in Miami coming up next year, and he bought a bunch of tickets to sell uh, for profit. And I'm like, you know, that's a great idea, and that's kind of the same thing. You know, you're taking the, this cheap candy and giving it to the older kids who have no business trick or treating. So I I yeah. think that I think that's a phenomenal business model, a lot. Um, they get right, that, cool. they get that uh, that strawberry, you know the strawberry. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the old man candy. I was talking about my grandpa. The, oh, no, T- the, TJ um, keeps the, the butterscotch, butterscotch for himself. <laughs> the butterscotches, like those, are oh, terrible. Man. Um, and I like every one of them. So whatever. <laughs> um, all right, cool. This is a fun segment we do. We do some over unders on. It's not the, like the final score. We'll have you do an official pick and a score prediction here in just a minute. But we do some over unders. Um. And we'll have you participate. There's no pressure on you on these. Like, actually, there's no pressure on anybody because Richie still hasn't recapped them. So I think I'm probably up by like 50 or so at this point. Mm, 
maybe 40. Go back and listen. Uh, we'll there's find only out. so many weeks. But uh, anyway, our prize pick segment uh, of over and unders we'll do with Lawton this week, and then we'll get him out of here. Um, go to the prize picks app, download it today, and enter code NOSLAW. That's capital N O S L A W for a 100% match up to $100 on your first deposit. Um, they've got some good lines in there this week. Every week they're doing some kind of special with, you know, the Monday night one was if Jameis just completes one pass and they've done them where Mahomes gets one passing yard, which that one's a little bit scary this year, but they've done them for like the easiest little things. Well, they, like, they have one no, going not, now, Kevin Durant, 47 and a half points. Like take the under. Yeah. You might lose, but take the under. Yeah. That would be the game that he goes off at. But, yeah, they, sometimes they set them really, really wild just to kind of get people to sign up and uh, play them. But what's cool about it is now that all the sports are going on, you can bet a World Series game and you can mix and match it with a college football game and mix and match it with LeBron's over-under or a hockey or whatever. It's really, really cool. So go download the Prize Picks app today. Uh, code no slow will get you a big match. Um, all right, Richie, go through these prize picks. Let's pick these uh, – Pick these, and then we'll get out of here. All right. So we'll start with Jordan Travis. They have met 151.5 passing yards. I think that's actually a really good number. And it all comes down to, like TJ, you kind of mentioned it. Can we hit one, like, shock play, right? Like a 50, 60-yard pass. I don't know that we do. I, I'm i going to take the under on the 151.5. Let's go to Lawton next. I like the under on that one, too. I think about 120 to 127 is probably about right. Somewhere in there. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the over on this. I think that uh, I don't know that Florida State's going to be able to run the ball as much as they want. And I think that we'll hit at least kind of one long one. One, you know, Norvell did a really good job of scheming open um, – who was it cutting across the uh, the middle of that? Uh, Malik McLean. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina game on a kind of a run look. I don't know. I, I think Travis can hit like one long 50, 60 yarder and then get just enough the rest of the game. But I don't think we'll run the ball as well as we need to. And so he'll kind of have to throw a little more. So I'll go over just to be the contrarian here. All right. Let's go to the other side in Lawton. Tell me how I do here. I have DJ Uyunglele. A, at 199.5 first of all tell me did i get his name right and second of all is it over or under the 199.5 it's gonna be under the 199.5 you're close Uwe <laughs> unga lale Uwe unga lale all right there we go now there you I go. Know. hey there you go <laughs> that's it man Uwe unga that's how you put it phonetically too on the paper why didn't you just say it like that it's like my fourth highlight of the night tj sorry <laughs> <laughs> He wrote it just like he said it. <laughs> well, I, I got under as well. To the, no, I, I purposely went well. to the Clemson pronunciation guide to type it out that way. So a lot of can't see our, our show notes, but I have it phonetically spelled out and not the way it should be. No, it's um, not. DJ doesn't even have the toughest name on the team, man. Is the it backup? backup? Quarterback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who also Tyson Florida Pumachan. State was. That one's a tough one. Pumachan, and, yeah. Another guy Florida State was heavily involved with recruiting. Um, and we uh, – Decided to pick Sam Howell instead, and we know how that worked out. But um, I, I'll I'll take the under as well. I, I just think this is going to be an ugly, sloppy game. 
Um, this to me is the most intriguing line of the weekend because I honestly have no idea. So I'll go first because CJ accuses me of using our, our listeners uh, of making my decision here. Jay Sean Corbin, 78 and a half yards. I think we'll have some success running the ball, but it's going to be by committee and it, it's going to go as much as Jordan Travis goes. So I'm going to take the under 78 and a half for Jay Sean Corbin. TJ, what do you think? Over. Stop doubting Corbin. Every every week, bro. Whatever his over under is, man's going for a hundred again. Like that's just what he does. I think he's like five and he's, two on hitting the over on these things. I want to so. say that he's got like a seventy five yard rush in like three of the games that we've played yeah. this year. Like he can get it on one carry. So like that's just. Yeah. I'm not saying he will, but yeah, I got the over here. Yeah, that, th- this one's tough because you guys mentioned it. Clemson's defensive front. I mean, it, it's tough sled up there. What was the number on it? Eighty eight and a half. Seventy eight and a half. Ooh, I'll I'll lean in on the under. I'll lean in on the under. All right, that's yeah, tough. That, I think it's the toughest one of the of the day. And then we'll go back to DJ again. Forty one and a half rushing yards, and and I think this number is key because if he hits the over, I think that that's really good news for Clemson because I think that's I think Clemson's best offense. And and you you can tell me if I'm wrong. Is let DJ run the ball in the see what opens up from there because Florida state really struggled with Garrett Strader from Syracuse. Um, you know, we, we've not done a good job against the quarterback run this year. I'm going to take the over on 41 and a half. Uh, and I, I don't think it'll be a lot. I don't see him rushing for like a hundred yards or anything. Uh, TJ, what do you think? I'm going to go slightly under here. I think he'll have more success passing than running, even though I took the under on that one, but I'm going to go slightly under, but that's mostly because of sack yardage counts too. True. Yeah. That's the one thing about college football. I don't think he enjoys running the ball. I mean, I asked him about that a couple of weeks ago after uh, I think the Boston College or the Syracuse game. I can't remember which one. And he said, you know, I'll do whatever this coaching staff, you know, calls on me to do. But I don't think that's in his nature. Like the pick six against Pitt, he should have kept that ball. I mean, he should have kept that ball when the when the end's moving where he's moving. Dude, that's a carry for your running back. I mean, for your quarterback. And, and so many times this year, we've almost wondered, is he even allowed to keep it? Because every RPO seems to be a give. I mean, it, it, and any zone reads a give. He never really pulls it. He, he pulled it one time uh, last week against Pitt, and I think scored a touchdown on it. So, you know, I, I don't think he desires it. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'm going to take the under. But if he scores a touchdown then I on the ground, then I do believe he'll go over. Put it that way. I don't think he's going to score a touchdown on the ground, but if he does, I think it'll probably be a longer, you know, 30, 35 yard run yeah. where Florida State just kind of gets sucked into the inside and he's out in space. He's not as quick as some people, you know, think he is. I think Trevor Lawrence was a lot faster quarterback than DJ. Really? It, that reminds us, of Florida State fans, a lot of EJ Manuel. He was a really good runner, but he told Jimbo, I don't want to run. I want to be seeing in the NFL draft as a pocket passer. You know, I think at 2012 game, he had 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing against Clemson. And he he kind of disappeared as a running quarterback from there. So maybe there is some of that going on. Uh, speaking of running quarterbacks, this is my stone cold lock. And someone's going to clip this. It's going to come back to bite me. Jordan Travis over under at 32 and a half rushing yards. That's he's going to hit the over. Lawton, am I just crazy? That's well, look, I mean, you, I don't think you can call for the under 
uh, on the last one we asked, you know, and then take not take the over here. 32, yeah, over. I think he's your 70. If, if I think he's the 70 if you have a 70-75. There you go. TJ. Yeah, I like the over. I mean, you know, I know much, much different opponents. But if this was it last week, he had it on the first play of the game. And so I uh, I like him to uh, I like him to go over here. All right. So th- that would normally do it, Lawton, for our week. But I, I had to throw one bonus one in there because there's one that really caught my eye. Justin Ross, everybody remembers him from that game against Alabama, right? He was just like a, a true freshman. Like, who is this guy? Great. We got to deal with him for the next few years. And he's kind of been like a forgotten guy since then. They have him at four and a half receptions. And I have no idea where to go. I'm going to go over just because I feel like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen against this defense, which has improved a lot, but still has a lot of question marks. So I'll take the over on Justin Ross. I want to make TJ go so he does not have the Clemson insider uh, prediction first. I'll go under. I I think he gets to four. Um, But he's not dominated this year. So give me the under slightly. The thing about Justin Ross, you know, last year he was out. He had the congenital neck issue. So he, he's Maybe really, I think, still shaking off some of the rust uh, from that. Now, I'm, I'm surprised he hadn't played better. I don't know, you know, like a knee injury, if it's uh, some mental aspect of coming back from something like that for him. Uh, but I'll take the over, and, and here's why. Clemson does a lot of little short screen game that doesn't involve a ton of, you know, the downfield type passing. And he's normally involved in a couple of those in a game, maybe three. So as long as he catches those balls, he's got, he should get close. And then all you got to have is him hit a couple down the field, uh, which in, in 2021, Clemson <laughs> fans will tell you, though, has been a little bit more difficult than expected. So take the over because he'll get a couple of cheapies. Um, all right, let's do some score predictions and get out of here. Lawton, um, we'll go with you first just because you're going to upset people, and then we'll let Richie and me be homers. But uh, – you said you're going to take Clemson, going to take them close. So I assume you're taking FSU to cover the nine and a half point spread. Uh, what's your What's your score prediction? How do you see this one going down? Yeah, I'm not picking Clemson to score more than 31 until they prove me wrong and score more than 31. So you know, I haven't put out my prediction. I'll give it my official, you know, kind of locked in prediction uh, on my show tomorrow. But I think this game's probably somewhere in like the 27. 23 range, something like that. You know, maybe even Florida State's got the ball late with a possession, an exciting possession where they're trying to move the ball down uh, and score and and have to win the game with a touchdown. But I think somewhere in that range is probably about right, 27-23. And uh, I think both fan bases will just be excited to have a pretty good football game on hand. And uh, I know Clemson fans will be excited if they can get out there with a win. But I think it'll be a close one. I really do. Richie, go full homer on us. Yeah, I'm, I'm- – 63 17 Clemson is probably what I would have said before the season started before we saw some games get played. I don't know, man. I'm so conflicted this week and I'm going to say, you know what? Playing on the road is tough in the ACC. Winning road games is really tough to do. And if I had not seen Florida state do it, which they did at North Carolina a few weeks ago, there's no chance I'd even pick, even think about picking Florida state this week. I just think the momentum's there. This Clemson team, I I get a lot of 2010 Florida vibes, right? Enter the season as a top five team. You couldn't argue they don't have a top, you know, five at worst top 10 roster in the country. 
but it's it's just missing there. That's a highly rated recruit. John Brantley was a five star out of high school. I don't know. And Florida State is nowhere near as good as they were in 2010. I, I just think that Clemson's going to be a little disinterested and not take this game as they would. Otherwise, I, I don't know what it is. And I've been trying to tell myself not to do this all week. And here we are. We've I'm all going, known you were going to do this. I'm for going three to weeks. take. I, well, I, I've not picked us to win more than I picked us to lose. So we'll put it that way. But I'm going to say 2017 Florida State. I, I do think 20 is the magic number. And if Clemson gets beyond 20, then I do not see Florida State winning because I don't see us getting beyond 24 points at most. And again, it's going to be, a, you cannot have what you had last week. Opening kickoff, Travis Jade fumbles the ball, gives you most the ball at the 24-yard line. One play like that, and you're done. I saw Florida State play a clean game against UNC. I saw him play another clean game against UMass. Again, it's UMass, whatever. But they went on the road and did it. Yeah, I'm probably a homer. Florida State 20, Clemson 17. TG. I like what you home. said about I like what you said about getting to 24. Because I to me, that's the magic number. Anybody that crosses that threshold, uh, because if you cross the 24 threshold in a typical game, you're either at 27 or 31, right? 28, I guess. But that's typically how you're getting over 24. And if somebody gets over 24, I do think that they win this game. I honestly don't see either team running away with this. You know, obviously Clemson would be the one that would shock me least, I guess, if they kind of started to put it on FSU. But, you know, and I know that they're not great this year either, but I also didn't have Florida State up three scores against uh, North Carolina and dominating that second half either. So, I don't know. I I think – I mean, I'll pick FSU just to – just to be the contrarian, I go 27 24 in overtime. Um, because I think that you need to bet the, the overtime result, then no way. The odds are terrible. It's like plus, money it's away. like plus 1000 odds. Yeah, it's just lighting money on fire. Um, it's just a free <laughs> prediction on the show, man. It's not, <laughs> um, but yeah, first team to get over 24 wins, and so they both get to 24, and one, one gets slightly over. Uh, could go either way, but I'll be the homer on the overtime pick and, and say that we. We win it. Big 20, uh, 2014 vibes. Yeah, I don't think either of you are, are far off at all. I mean, I think that's the game we're going to get. I, I I can't tell you for sure who's going to win it, but I don't think – listen, I'll tell you what I don't think we're talking about if you bring me on next week. 48-44, barn burn, no. <laughs> zipping God, up no. and down the field. I don't think we're going to see that on Saturday. Man, what's crazy, though, is we, uh, we, had, the, we had a guy from Syracuse on – uh, and said the same thing. We all predicted like 17 to 13, and then that game went to 33 to 30, you know, and, uh, you know, so it'll be exactly what we yeah, don't think. It'll be a 31 28, you know, final score. I'll say, I, I'm oh. jealous a lot, and you're going to, I'm assuming you're going to be there because I checked the weather and it looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong, the weather looks great here for us Floridians for, yeah. you know, November or end of October, but you guys got some gorgeous weather this weekend in uh, Clemson. Yeah, I tell you, it, it, uh, it, if as long as rain holds off, man, there's nothing wrong with this time of the year in South Carolina. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, I, I lived two years in Charleston, man. I loved it. There you go. Lawton Swan, where can people listen to you? Where can they find your show? Um, tell the people where they can find your work. Sure, man. We're on iHeartRadio, on Fox Sports Radio 1400 every day uh, from 4 to 6 during drive time. And then uh, we broadcast live on Facebook. Uh, YouTube 
and Twitter. And you can follow the show on Twitter. It's just at Clemson Sports. I mean, it's easy, at Clemson Sports. Cool. Well, you guys check that out tomorrow for the official locked-in prediction. See if Lawton's changed his mind on this or not. Or Did they, maybe you guys convinced me to go with the Seminoles. I don't know. No hey, I'll tell you what, seems that confident. We'll be, be shopping on on uh, Saturday for the Atlanta Braves. Let's go. Hey, hey, there's a ton of Florida State fans that are huge Atlanta Braves fans. Yeah, I'm sure with Clemson being, what, a two-hour drive from Atlanta, that's, that, that's an easy sell. There may, yeah, there basically may be, everybody there may be Clemson fans chopping on Saturday night just for another reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, there the will be a game coming up. There will be. Um, cool. Well, Lon, thank you so much for hanging out, man. We really appreciate your time. Enjoy doing this and good luck on Saturday, man. Have a good one to both. Well, a little more of the Braves, but not too much luck. <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Absolutely. Lawton Swan of. Clemson Sports again. Let me let me not mess up the uh, the title here. The show that shakes <laughs> the Southland on iHeartRadio and several other places that he mentioned there. Um, let's go. Let's go ahead and jump in. Total this, leather, man. baby. Let, yeah, it's 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 game time. Couple oh, news and notes things. Um, go back and listen to Tuesday's uh, basketball preview with Chris Nee and Austin Vizi of uh, Nose Two Four Seven and Game Day or No Game Day. Um, Excellent show. Nee talked about it today on On the Bench. He gave like a 60-second um, basketball preview, but you can get a lot more than that. I, I got it for go. 45 minutes, yeah. so check it a out. Lot, a lot more if you just go check it out there. Uh, there was a uh, exhibition tonight FSU basketball had. Uh, Kurt Weiler, the Democrat, was on. He's been on the show. Um it's 84-49 right now, FSU with about seven and a half minutes to go. Obviously yeah. not taking on the uh no Anthony Polite. The greatest opponent. Not um, that it matters because it, it is an exhibition, as you said. Um Florida State soccer is tied up one one. Just took just tied the game up. Literally, the, the soccer account hasn't even tweeted it yet, but just tied the game up. Um against read that one. name. Who, who scored the goal? Yuji Zhao. All right. I know who these people are, bro. I just saw it. Um, I just saw it pop up on my Twitter timeline. I'm like, ooh, I cannot pronounce that. Um, just tied it up one-one uh, against number one UVA on Senior Let's Night. Oh, so exciting there! Um, somebody got. I talked about this the other day. Somebody hopped in our DMs the other day asking about softball. I reached out to my softball source, and I bet you guys didn't know I had a softball source, but I absolutely do. And uh, they haven't posted a lot of updates and stuff like from the games that they've had. Most of that just because they've been doing stuff very situationally. There's not yeah. been a lot of um, scorekeeping, like men's basketball is keeping score tonight. But uh, they haven't really been keeping score out of the softball games, just doing a lot of situational stuff, runners in scoring position, two outs, different things like that. So there's been no score. So it's tough to give updates on that kind of stuff. But yeah. team looks good. Excited for them to get kicked off in the spring. Obviously, baseball and our spring sports as well. Um Richie, do you have any other uh, any other shout-outs before we get out of here? But yeah, those are my I, couple. Yeah, I had one I, I wanted to talk about not too long, but briefly, because I, I do think it's important. Uh, I wanted to shout-out all the alumni clubs out there. Uh, I, I'm wearing my Seminole Club of Greater Orlando shirt, which I designed this logo, by the way. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, but this weekend, you know, there's a lot of excitement around this Clemson game, and uh, – I would just suggest if you're somebody who watches the game at home, you just prefer that. And I do most weeks. That's fine. That's cool. But if you're going out, 
go check out the link to see where the official Seminole uh, Alumni Association game Alumni Association game watching parties are at because that helps the university a lot. So a lot of these places, especially in your major markets like Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Atlanta, etc., find the official game watching party link to the school because a portion of what you spend in in uh, you know chicken wings, beer, you know liquor, whatever it may be, goes directly back to Florida State and the boosters, and that's really important. So Saturday, New Orlando. We have Harry Buffalo, which is downtown Orlando on Church Street. It's probably like a seven iron away from the Amway Center or Amway Arena. And then um, they also have American Social on Sand Lake Road and Dr. Phillips. But again, if you go to these official game watching parties, the money you spend, a portion goes directly back to Florida State. And we're big proponents of the boosters. These clubs are all boosters. These clubs have to be Golden Chief or higher in most of these cities. Support them, please, guys. Uh, it means a lot, and that's my shout-out for this week. Yeah, I'll go to the other side of that. Um, shout-out to the boosters that Richie just mentioned. We obviously do a lot of work with them and really appreciate them and continue to encourage people to go sign up to become a booster. Um, Clemson, we've mentioned a million times, but Clemson built their booster membership on, you know, everybody pays $10. Okay, yeah. You know, go sign up to be a booster at the $70 level, the cheapest level there is. And support FSU athletics um, and stop just sitting on your couch tweeting about it. So anyway, you can tweet about it with more passion if, if you're involved. So um, that's all I've got for this Saturday. We're having a little party. Uh, Florida, Georgia happens at the same time. So we'll have yeah. both of those games going on at the same time. will be a ton of fun. And hopefully we come out on top. Miami plays the early game, if I remember correctly, right against Pitt. Or they the late game. I can't remember. I think they play the early game. Um, so hopefully watch – yeah, they play at noon. Hopefully watch Miami lose and then yes. us win and Georgia win against Florida. It'll be a perfect Saturday and then a fun uh, same energy Sunday for Harlan and CJ. We, we may – uh, Wait, never mind. No, no cap Sunday. Um, I was going to say we may do an instant, but I'm going to be downtown. And if we win, I'm probably not coming right home. So if you want to we'll call see. me from the bar, uh, I, I will do an instant if we win this game. We'll see. I'm going to have a bunch of people over, so unlikely. But uh, um, All right, cool. Well, we'll see you guys on Sunday, most likely. Oh, we may have a pop-up episode tomorrow. Check your feeds for tomorrow morning uh, or tomorrow afternoon. We may have a pop-up. So, Actually, I'm just going to say, we, we have a pop-up show tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> around 1 or 2 o'clock, so check your feeds. We'll see you guys then. Uh, until we see you guys tomorrow, or if you check us out on Sunday for the regular show, let's get us a win this oh. weekend. Go Knowles.